Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I mean, we're talking, there are more people in the state of California than all of Canada. Well, there you go. See? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Recording from my dining room in beautiful Marietta, Georgia, you are listening to the Think Inclusive Podcast 002. I am your host, Tim Viegas. Today I will be speaking with Nicole Eridix, co-host of the Inclusive Class podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Nicole spent many years as a classroom teacher in British Columbia, Canada in a fully inclusive educational system before moving to the U.S. a few years ago. Nicole and I discussed the differences between the Canadian and U.S. educational systems and their approaches to inclusion. We also talk about the most important ally for inclusion that a classroom teacher can have. All of this and more on the Think Inclusive podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, I would like to welcome Nicole Eridix. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You are? Okay, to the Think Inclusive podcast. Nicole is an elementary educator who has spent over 15 years working in an inclusive school system in British Columbia, Canada. Together with parents, administrators, co-teachers, and paraprofessionals, Nicole taught children with various moderate to severe abilities in her fully inclusive classrooms. Since moving to the U.S., Nicole has used her wealth of experience to support and raise awareness for the inclusive education of children with special needs. Nicole's belief is that all children should have equal access to the curriculum, and that drives her desire to share her knowledge with parents and colleagues in order to improve learning conditions for children with various abilities. She is also the co-host of the Inclusive Class radio show, which is soon to be a podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> and tweets regularly at inclusive underscore class, uh, among other things. And uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining me on the Think Inclusive podcast. 
Well, thank you for inviting me and having me, and it's an honor. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Great, great. Well, um, probably whoever is listening to the podcast um, has heard of you, because um, most of the people that follow me also follow you. That's right. <laughs> Shared audience. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, I just want to ask a couple questions for background because I don't really know um, sure. beyond you know what you have on the website, the inclusive class. Um, don't know a whole lot about your background. So how did you get your start in Canada as a special needs teacher? Or I'm not sh exactly sure what the terminology is for what you do in, in, or what you did in Canada. Well, what I was called in Canada was just typically a classroom teacher. Um, but because it's an inclusive system, you end up becoming um, very well-versed in special education. Okay. So, but to backtrack and answer your original question, um, I graduated from university uh, a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say when. It's okay. I won't say exactly when. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, got my uh, Bachelor of Education, my teacher credentialing, all that type of stuff. And just because of the nature of the system in British Columbia, the political system, the way the um, education system is set up there, and I can go into more detail about that later on, our classrooms in British Columbia are typically first and foremost inclusive. Um, we have uh, a system that... the you know, is based on putting children into the regular education classroom first before anything else. And from there, you know, their needs are met, uh, you know, in the school and then, of course, bringing in outside professionals. So we didn't really have, and we don't to this day, really have segregated classrooms where children with special needs go to for their entire day, you know, the self-contained classrooms. And so basically, and, and also, too, when I first got out of university, my very first job was in a small community of 325 roughly people. And so I worked in a school where there were two of us, and I was the primary teacher, the other teacher was the intermediate teacher, and so I had grades K to 3. So it was truly inclusive <laughs> on every level. Yes. So I, and that's how I spent my first um, couple of years teaching, and then I moved down to the city and into inner city schools and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, so every year you, you have a class of, you know, of typically developing children, and then you, you know, also you have children who have um, some, you know, with more needs than others, and, you know, you, every every year you just adapt and uh, your curriculum to those needs and bring in the professionals that you also, that are available to support you, so... Mm -hmm. That's how, yeah. That's how we, that's how how it works up there at this point. So. That, well, that that just seems like such a foreign, <laughs> a foreign concept. <laughs> no, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> foreign being the operative word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, is there a difference in the way that uh, the different parts, or is it provinces in Canada, how they uh, practice inclusion? Yeah, it, it varies. Um, and, you know, I just want to sort of preface the whole conversation by saying that, you know, I'm by no means an educational policy expert <laughs> right. on, you know, American uh, education policy and Canadian. 
you know, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of um, professionals over the last year, you know, doing my show mm-hmm. and, and reading and, and getting an understanding of what happens here in the United States and what happens in Canada. You know, even I had to sort of learn, you know, what is happening in other areas of of Canada. And uh, so basically it, it, it stems from the way the education policy is is set. And in um, here in the United States, your federal government sets out a mandate for every state. Um, you know, the free and appropriate public education, um, where students need to be placed in the least restrictive environment. Right. right? So that's a national policy, which mm-hmm. each state sort of takes. My understanding is that um, they take that and then uh, adapt that to you know, the boards take it and adapt it to their each individual school needs yeah, and correct. Yeah, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in Canada, um, with our provinces, uh, we don't have a federal policy. The government of Canada gives each province its own Ministry of Education, it's called. Mm-hmm. And the Ministry of Education in that province d- decides on the uh, policy and how education will work in that province. But typically, you know, most provinces are their their mandate is to put the child in the regular classroom first. Mm-hmm. It varies from province to province as to how you know often that happens and what that looks like. But Canada is also um, a country that has socialized health care. Um, right. You know, it's a very uh, you know it's a system where sort of you know, people's needs are met across education, health, and, you know, uh, retirement and whatnot. So the education system looks a little bit the same across the board. And in British Columbia, our Ministry of Education, they were quite, um, and still are a leader in inclusivity. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's, you know, from my understanding of both countries, how it works. (laughs) Right, right. In my experience. what do you, moving down here to the U.S., what was kind of the the most glaring difference, you know, in the way that, you know, B.C. approached inclusive education and California? Uh, and I know we can talk a little bit more uh, later yeah. about, you know, Georgia versus California, because those are the only two places that I've taught. So, yeah. um, uh, what what do you think the you know the kind of the biggest difference is when when you got to, to California? Well, it really it took me a while to figure all of that out because you know everything was just so new and um, so different and uh, you know and and the only you know the only sort of differences that I could note and that I could see right away were in my children's schools. You know, one was in elementary school, another one was in middle school at the time, and. Um, I'd probably say it was more evident in my daughter's school when I noticed that it has self-contained classrooms. Mm -hmm. And to me, you know, it took me a while to figure out what that was all about because I had never really seen that happen. And Mm -hmm. where all the children, you know, the children with the special needs would gather in the morning outside the front of the school in their own group with a couple of aides with them. Um, they didn't integrate into the playground at all before school to play and socialize. They were mm-hmm. just sort of kept in a small group. And they still, you know, to this day, that still happens. And it's a wonderful school. You know, it's just a different way of doing things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, they were marched off to their uh, classroom, and I also noticed that they had, you know, their own time for recess. Mm-hmm. Um, they would go out in the playground and play on their own. Um, they were, I believe, they some of them take some classes with other grades. So, for example, you know, one child will go into music class with a grade three class, mm-hmm. but then go back to their regular classroom. Right. So those are sort of the big ones that really, you know, right away struck me as being, hmm, that's a little different than what I'm used to. Right. Right. Obviously, there's a reason for it. Um, I need to learn why. And, you know, that's kind of how this whole podcast or, you know, my my podcast, the show, the the tweeting, the whole um, social media side of my life got going. Right. <laughs> I thought, hmm, <laughs> I wonder how this works and why. And, you know, maybe there's some information that I have that I can share. Yeah. Well, what I guess what have you what have you learned since because the the blog and the podcast are relatively new, right? I mean, in the last couple of years, or ha- has it been um, a longer oh, process gosh. than that? No, it's been about a year and a bit. So yeah, it's very new. Okay, and I've learned a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, go on. I interrupted your question. Um. Well, I I, I guess you know I guess what have you really gleaned? You know, because um, it sounds very similar to the reason why I started the website, you know, and then you know now the now the podcast is uh, yeah. it's really for me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like uh, I realized, man, I just I need to know more about what is going on and how to be a better uh, teacher, how to yeah. promote uh, inclusion, um, and. It just kind of seemed the next logical step because I was yeah. already having these conversations with my colleagues, and yeah. uh, kind of the thing that put me over uh, the edge, I guess, or the fence, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, um, I went to the uh, Tash conference here in Atlanta uh, oh, in December, right. yeah, and um, I was able to present with uh, my good friend. Um, and mentor Gail Wilkins, um, who right. was a consultant for uh, the Georgia Department of Ed- Education, and we had been working together on a pilot inclusion program for students with significant cognitive disabilities. And so, mm-hmm. after that whole experience, um, it just uh, opened my eyes again. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it reminded me of why I wanted to become a special education teacher. It reminded mm-hmm. me all of my training. Um, as you probably, you know, up in Canada know, uh, the educational system's way ahead of the curve on on um, inclusive practices. And then when you get into the schools, um, I was just shocked. Yeah. Like, oh, you want me yeah. to? You want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, w- I was taught yeah. to do this. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But go ahead. So I wanted to know what's the kind of the biggest thing that you've learned so far. With, through, through this whole process? Gosh, um, where do I begin? <laughs> I, well, first of all, you know, I'd like to point out um, that, you know, the teachers that I've seen and talked to and come across and um, here in, you know, my local area and, of course, um, doing the show and whatnot, incredibly well-educated, intel- intelligent, caring people, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
definitely the strengths that are here lie in the education of the teachers, you know, who are going into these classrooms and, and working with children with special needs. Um, you know, I find that, or I feel that, you know, at um, a certain level, you know, in the Canadian system, there needs to be more training in certain areas in order to to have, you know, the needs in your classroom. Of course, you know, you can bring in the professionals, but you don't have access to them 24-7, you know, all the time, right, five right. days a week. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, I know myself, I've also felt, too, that, I, feel, you know, you could use a little bit more support and a little bit more training. So, um in that sense, you know, I just want to say the positive is that, you know, so much training and so much uh, education for pe- for people going into this field. Um, but, you know, what I've learned is that, you know, once people are, or once you have a conversation with people about inclusion and what it is and what it means and what it really looks like, you know, then people get on board and get excited about it because it makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I find that it's the people that aren't really sure how it works, have never really seen it, um, you know, what it looks like in the classroom, have never really seen it in action, um, you know, have maybe been told that it wouldn't work for their child, mm-hmm. or even seen, you know, as my co-host Terry Morrow often points out, um, she's my co-host on the Inclusive Classroom, she uh, points out inc- that inclusion is done, but it can often be done wrong. <laughs> Right. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in, and that's what my purpose in doing all of this social media and, and writing and what, the same thing you're doing is just trying to get information out there that, you know, when it's done right and when you have all of the supports in place, it it truly is the best possible situation Absolutely. for all children. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're not just talking the children with the special needs; we're talking about regular developing children as well. So. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the piece that keeps me motivated and keeps me going. Keeps me going, right? Definitely. To, um, definitely. To share that knowledge. So yeah, but it's it's definitely uh, I'm enjoying it, and uh, and I, I think you know it's been uh, a great opportunity to talk to some really great people and help get that message out, just like what you're doing right now. So yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, again, this is just you know a great great to have uh, conversations like this um what I, I another question i had for you mm-hmm. uh when you talk to colleagues um and, and something that i've run up against <clears throat> in, in kind of trying to help people understand um and catch that passion for inclusion Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My classroom, I have students with uh, uh, severe and profound uh, disabilities. Um, so uh, we've made some really great strides with getting my kids out in general ed. And uh, right. it, in particular, in, in our county, mm-hmm. um, I feel it, it, it's one of the more inclusive counties, I guess, in Georgia. Uh, right. I, I see, I, I hear some really great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly our school, I love our school, our administrative, uh, our administration is very supportive. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, they've been, you know, kind of on this journey with me as well. Um, yeah. uh, but when we start, we have a, a range of self-contained classrooms. So uh, we have moderate, severe, or, uh, severe and profound is what we call it here in Georgia. And right. then um, there's a, uh, uh, moderate or MOID, moderate intellectual disabilities, and then there's uh, mild intellectual disabilities, and then you also have um, pull-out or resource classrooms uh, where students with learning disabilities will go. And yeah, <clears throat> so that's kind of how the, the continuum of services go, uh, and kind of people kind of filter in and out of that yeah. system. Um, so when I kind of present, well you know, my kids going to general ed, uh, they're a little bit hesitant, but they, they get it. Uh, Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, yeah, you know, um, your students, they're on, um, alternate assessment. Um, you know, we can, um, align activities to go with, um, uh, your assessment and, uh, we can do some co-teaching totally understand that. Uh, but once I start talking about, um, taking some of the the kids with uh, learning disabilities or uh, the ones that are placed in um, the mild intellectual disabilities, self-contained classrooms. And once we start talking about that, uh, there's some hesitation because of um, the desire to catch kids up to grade level and because of test scores. Um, And they don't really... They can't really see how, um, the, you know, they feel like this student would fall behind in yeah. a general education classroom. So so then, you know, what is your feeling on, um, is there a place for a resource or pull-out classrooms in this in the grand scheme of inclusion? In, um, in, what, what's your feeling about that? Well, I think that, you know, definitely there is um, a place for that. And that's that describes, you know, to a certain extent the inclusive schools that I worked in, that there was a room, you know, uh, a learning assistance room that some kids went out to and and had remediation or, Mm -hmm. you know, extra support with. Even um, in our system, gifted and talented kids fall under the special needs umbrella. And they are also served by, um, you know, getting that extra challenge that they need and whatnot. So so they they benefited from that. Um, But back to the whole, you know, bringing the kids up, you know, having them pass the test, it's all about test scores. I read an interesting article about that the other day, and that really sort of shed some light on the differences between our systems, which I hadn't mentioned earlier and you just reminded me of, is that, you know, of course, here there's a very, um, you know, a, a very strict sort of drive towards benchmarks, you know, getting 
scores, getting numbers, right? Skills are being assessed, right. um, state mm-hmm. tests. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really hard to have an inclusive program within that framework because yeah. an inclusive program requires flexibility. Mm-hmm. It requires differentiated learning. It requires the ability to have children with different levels in one class and, you know, they're working towards, you know, their potential. Of course, you have, you know, a curriculum that you, you know, are, are working with and guidelines and, and milestones that the kids should be meeting. But, you know, that's another significant difference between the two countries in that respect, is that, or at least I would say British Columbia, mm-hmm. is that we don't have those um, strict state standards that are in place. So classroom teachers have more flexibility with their curriculum. So it's really hard, and 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 I I understand that what you're saying because it you know it, it makes complete sense to have a child in your room and you're worried about you know what score they're going to get on their tests or are they going to get left behind or how am I going to account for them mm-hmm. you know right right and and yet they need all of this extra time and assistance it's, it's hard to right to have that and, and I don't I don't know how it is in Canada with uh, teacher evaluations but. Um... I don't know if you're aware of this, but Georgia um, applied for the waiver for No Child Left Behind. Right. And so because of that whole waiver system, um, Georgia is now accountable to um, the federal government on new guidelines on how to assess and evaluate teachers. And some of that is going to be aligned to test scores. Now, we don't, I don't think exactly know how. Right. That's going to happen. Um, there's a lot of theories and a lot of, you know, hand-wringing about that right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, it doesn't really put um, a lot of uh, confidence in, in teachers and wanting to bring um, students with special needs uh, in their classroom because, yeah. um, because they know that they're probably not going to do as well maybe on this test than, you know, someone else who is, um, you know, scoring on grade level. Right, um, right. Um, and so, how, you know, it, it's, a, it's a challenge uh, because that, like what you said, is the high-stakes high testing is, um, you yeah. know, what, what drives a lot of uh, our policy at this point. And especially if that's tied to teacher evaluation, then exactly. of course you're going to get a lot of kickback from that, and you know reluctance to to take on a child that might, you know, require some extra attention and may not, you know, drive the scores up in that particular group of kids. So, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, that's a challenge. I, I, I don't know. I guess it, and it, it really, I get, you know. For me, being a teacher, uh, and you are too, I mean, we're professionals, right? Right. And and that's how, you know, a, a system and society should view, you know, our job. I mean, do dentists get people come into their office and regularly evaluate them? Right. Do doctors <laughs> get evaluated? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. do lawyers? get evaluated? Like, why do teachers have to face that strict evaluation? And why would scores be tied to that? And, yeah. you know, I think there has to be, you know, that also is, is an issue and definitely a challenge. That, um, I, I think it does highlight the difference between um, 
you know, Canada and the U.S. too, because like you said, there's already kind of an assumption about teachers yeah. um, and, and uh, education being a right, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. You know, along yeah. with healthcare and along with yeah. other social uh, institutions, mm-hmm. whereas in the U.S., we're still we're still debating that. Right. Uh, you know, right. I mean, that is a um, states' rights and uh, the role of federal government in education, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, yeah, the U.S. is quite a bit larger than Canada, and I, and I get that. Uh, we we I yeah. have uh, I have some family that that. Uh, um, just moved to Canada in the last four years, and they had a baby. Oh, okay. they, they had a baby up there, and they, I think uh, he goes to um, the. He's going to school in Alberta, and oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, and um, and and so they've experienced um, a lot of those different differences. Uh, but mm-hmm. they've all they, something that they highlighted was well, um, there's a lot less people in Canada than, than exactly. the U.S. So we're yeah. working with a a size issue as well. You know, we have a, a lot of different states, you know, 50 states. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. all they all are, you know, they have their own kind of um thing going on, you know, uh yeah. their their own um I guess uh rights that they want to uphold. Uh, yeah. So it, it's just a it's a it's a, just a well, different it's a way of working. Game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, there are more people in the state of California than all of Canada. Oh, there you go. See? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) They're advocating for for children to, you know, have access to, you know, an education that's worthy and will challenge them and allow them to be, you know, with their peers and, you know, just be included, period. You know, it's a civil right issue is what it is. Right. You know, and if, and if there are people out there that are continuing to spread that message and talk about it. And, you know, it, it really, it's a movement and it needs to, we just need to keep talking about it and having these conversations. But, yeah, there is an uphill struggle with the numbers here. Right, <laughs> <In the States>. right. <laughs> it's going to take more of us to do more talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and also, so, you know, I mean, it's, the talking and the like promoting is good, and I think what people need to see is examples of really successful inclusion. That's right. Um, and uh, that's hopefully you know what I want to do. Um, I know mm-hmm. that you you said that um, you're not quite in the classroom right now. No, unfortunately, I'm not right now, which is why I have time to do all of the tweeting and the <laughs> the article writing and the and the shows. No, um, we're down here for my husband's work. Okay. So, um, in order for me to work legally, I need to go about it in a legal manner, which takes several years. So, I am using my time to do all of this and you know share my knowledge and um, until I can, you know. Get into the uh, get back into the into the classroom and you know get back into that world because I sure miss it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, you know, I know that when who, you're, yeah, whoever whoever's gonna get you is you know gonna be oh. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I might be <laughs> voicing my 
my uh, desire for inclusion a bit too loudly. <laughs> oh, that's true. They <laughs> may be a little scared. Might not be that happy. You mean she yeah, exactly. A, she's got a website. She's got a podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh no, we don't want her. <laughs> not her. <laughs> so who knows? We'll see what happens down the road. But I sure miss it because, as you know, you know, once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher, and it's part of you, and it, it defines your, who you are as a person in so many yeah. respects. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hopefully it won't take that long. Okay. <laughs> I can be back at it. And it's, I also really enjoy doing what I'm doing too because I met some, you know, so many great people like yourself and and um, you know other professionals and uh, parents and just all sorts of people that are all interested in the same mandate. So yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, to kind of uh, wrap up, I have one one question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. and so think about maybe think about your classroom days and uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to know if there was one thing that it, you know maybe there's a teacher out there listening um, who's kind of you know, trying to trying to get this started here in in the US uh, and uh, maybe they're trying to do some inclusion or maybe they are an inclusion teacher or a co- in a co-taught situation is there one kind of um, thing that just really worked for you when you were in, in the classroom that you could share with uh, all of us? Um, I have a lot of strategies, but I would say that the one thing that really worked for me, you have to bring the parents on board. Mm-hmm. You have to start the school year off. Don't wait for that back-to-school night. You know, get a newsletter out to your class uh, parents right away. Invite them in. I would have what I would call an intake conference. Mm-hmm. Actually, every classroom in my school had it. And you just sat and you listened to the parent talk for about 10 minutes or so um, about their child. And they would tell you about the child, likes, strengths, weaknesses. Um, you know, you got to explain your program. It was a face-to-face. And then right off the bat, they feel as though, you know, they're your partner in the child's education. Mm-hmm. And parents have a lot of, um, as you know... <laughs> you know, have a lot of influence in in the school and in your classroom. And if you can get them on board and behind you with inclusion and, you know, they can support you in so many ways and, you know, be there to help you as you differentiate your lessons, um, be there to support you on a field trip or be there to help you um, create materials for, you know, the various children in your class. So they're really your extra support system that you have access to. And, um, you know, I use parents all the time in my classroom. I don't know how, um, what type of uh, participation you have in, in, in your own classroom, but I find that, you know, once you get them in there and, and show them that you, you know, you want to be partners with them and you appreciate their help and you want their input and you're, you know, both working to the success of the child, then, um, you know, you definitely have their have their trust and their interest and their support for the remainder of the year. So that was the big one for me, you know, and it was a continual communication too through the school year. It wasn't just a one-off deal. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. there's no doubt about it. Inclusion, I mean, it takes a lot of, a lot of energy and a lot of time and, you know, but it, it's worth it. And um, the more support that you can have, the better. So well, that that's, my yeah. advice. Absolutely wonderful suggestion. Thank you so much. Well, uh, that that wraps it up for our interview. Um, uh, Nicole, uh, I hope that we can have more conversations <laughs> throughout, you know, this whole 
podcasting website process. So um, just I really appreciate you uh, taking time out and talking with us. No problem. And thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, I will be talking to you later and and, uh, arranging for you to come onto our show and we can just (laughs) work together and spread the message. So um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. Okay. Have a good evening. Okay. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. That concludes this edition of the Think Inclusive podcast. Remember, you can always find us on Twitter at think underscore inclusive or on the web at thinkinclusive.us. Today's show was produced by myself talking into USB headphones, using a MacBook, GarageBand, and a Skype account. Bumper music by Eric Niemeyer with the song Sepia, No More, featuring Katie, B07. From Marietta, Georgia, please join us again on the Think Inclusive podcast. Thanks for your time and attention. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.